broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. The Denver Nuggets blow out the Phoenix Suns for the second game in a row. And for the fifth time in franchise history, the Denver Nuggets go to the Western Conference Finals. Stevenson's a block by Davis. Final seconds, Reeves, and it kind of goes. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Still getting a lot of feedback on our don'tbebroke.com text line, and we do encourage you to hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Thoughts on Mirren Fader's interview that we had in the last segment from The Ringer, talking all things Devontae Adams. We'll get your feedback coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll share your calls and your texts at 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, the listener line, 702-365-9200. But first, want to turn our attention to, well, the Western Conference Finals in the NBA. They get underway this evening. The Denver Nuggets will be hosting the L.A. Lakers in the guy who's been riding with us this whole playoff run is Trevor Lane for LakersNation.com. And, Trevor, thanks so much for your time. Again, we definitely appreciate you. And it's so funny, Trevor, that we're here. I mean, I doubted the Lakers in the play-in series. I doubted them against the Grizzlies. Uh, my fandom got in my way against the Warriors. And now here they are in the Western Conference Finals against the Denver Nuggets. Can AD be consistent enough to get them to the Finals? Yeah, I mean, we, we sure hope so. That is the big question here for the series. I mean, this is the team that, you know, they were the 13th seed uh, at the trade deadline. They moved up to the 7th seed, and now here they are in the Western Conference Finals with a chance to go uh, to potentially compete for an 18th NBA championship, which would be absolutely incredible. A lot of it is going to come down to Anthony Davis. Can he be uh, at least an equalizer to Nikola Jokic? Can he play at that level? For the series, that's what the Lakers need. They need him to have that kind of an impact. It's not going to be the same sort of way. Anthony Davis' defense is much different than what you see from Nikola Jokic. But can AD's uh, defensive prowess kind of even things out with Jokic? That's one of the big, big questions heading into this series. And I can't wait because these are two of the the greatest bigs we've seen of, of this generation. And to see them get to go head to head, this is going to be a lot of fun. What kind of uh, uh, offensive? Um, showing do you think that AD needs to have? The Nuggets have been a team that have allowed a lot of points in the paint. Does he have to kind of be that consistent dude and I don't want to say match with the Joker because the Joker could put up 30 and get a triple-double real quick, fast, in a hurry, but does he have to be a consistent scorer as well? Yeah, he, he definitely does. You know, the Lakers need to put up a lot of points in the paint, need to get to the rim. The Nuggets, if they have a weakness, they're a very, very well-rounded team, but if they've got a weakness, it's their rim protection. Jokic is not much of a shot blocker, and so you can get the ball inside and score there. And That's where the Lakers are going to have to really do their damage, and a lot of that is going to come down to Anthony Davis, and it's also going to be important for Anthony Davis to take opportunities to face up with Jokic, take him off the dribble, and put him in positions where he, he has to commit fouls. I mean, the, the Nuggets are going to be looking the same thing you know, the other way, try, trying to get fouls on Anthony Davis. If, you can, if either side gets foul trouble onto either one of these bigs, it could dramatically shift the game that they're in because neither team has much behind them. So I, I think AD attacking Jokic is going to be a big, big key here for the Lakers in this series. If he can get him into foul trouble, that would go a long way towards helping the Lakers get a win. Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com, joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned it there in your last answer. I asked about this the last time you were on. But if AD is to get in foul trouble in this series, could we finally get Mo Bamba minutes? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, the answer is no. He will not be playing tonight in, in this game. He has been already ruled out on the injury report. Um, from what we've heard, he's been getting injections in his ankle, so that it just it didn't heal right, and he's still dealing with that issue. And so he is 
he is not able to go for tonight's game. Maybe we'll see him at some point in this series, but for the time being, the Lakers are going to be uh, looking at either Wedding Gabriel, maybe you bring in Tristan Thompson, who's really only played garbage time so far, <laughs> or more likely you're looking at uh, the board while, uh, while Anthony Davis is out, which is, is not ideal, but uh, that's the situation the Lakers are in right now. It's not like 2020 where they had Dwight Howard to throw at, uh, at Jokic. And then when it comes to the role players that the Lakers are going to be able to throw at the Nuggets, how active and how involved is Lonnie Walker going to be with this Lakers with this Lakers team in the playoffs? Like, is he going? To, what is his minutes going to be like going forward after the breakout that he had last series? Yeah, I think Lonnie is still going to be involved in this, but this isn't as much of a guard-heavy series as the last one was, where the Warriors were going small, and so that pushed more minutes onto the Lakers guards. In fact, I think we're going to see a swing back towards Rui Hachimura because the Denver Nuggets go bigger most of the time, and that's going to create more opportunities for him to be out there. I still think Lonnie has earned his opportunities. He's going to get some minutes, but I don't think you're going to see as much of the three-guard lineup where you've got D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, and Lonnie Walker on the floor or Dennis Schroeder in the mix as well. I think you're going to see more two-guard sets. And then you can play like Rui Hachimura some more minutes on the wing. So he's one of my X factors for the, this series. Again, Lonnie, I think, still gets in there. But I think this is going to shift back towards being a more of a wing-heavy uh, series, and that's going to put more minutes to Rui, I think, than, uh, than Lonnie. Trevor, I'm glad that DeMond brought up role players. I just wanted to know how Coach Ham has been able to get so much out of the role players and, and each guy kind of step up in, in certain particular games and, and be that, that element that the Lakers have really needed. Well, he showed a lot of trust in those guys. I mean, we saw even in the game four, which we'll forever know is the Lonnie Walker. <laughs> yep. I mean, they had they had Lonnie handling the ball in pick and roll situations with less than four minutes on the clock in a must win situation in game four of the playoffs after he was out of the rotation. Um, so Darvin Ham has showed that he trusts these guys, even guys who haven't been getting consistent minutes. He trusts them to be able to exploit mismatches and and go at guys. So when you look at the Lakers role players, you see. You never know who it is that's going to step up on any given night. It might be Austin Reeves, it might be Rui Hachimura, it could be D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Lonnie Walker, on and on you go. And that is part of the, the brilliance of the Lakers' attack right now. It's just you don't know who it's going to be night in and night out, and that makes it very difficult to game plan for them. So Darvin has showed great confidence in these guys to read what the defense is throwing at them and make the appropriate uh, response. And so far that, that's worked out pretty well for them. And uh, the role players have done a nice job stepping up and rewarding him for that phase. When it comes to defensive assignments, who draws the LeBron matchup for the Nuggets? Is this a series where we see Aaron Gordon basically sticking on LeBron the entire time? Yeah, I think it's going to be Aaron Gordon, but I also wonder if we're going to see, for example, if the Lakers start Jared Vanderbilt, do the Nuggets just put Jokic on Vanderbilt so that he doesn't have to defend anybody there? You know, I mean, they'll leave Jared Vanderbilt all by himself. They won't worry about defending him. And then you could put Aaron Gordon on Anthony Davis, which is a, a matchup that Anthony Davis should win, but Gordon can at least you know make him work. And then that would shift Michael Porter Jr. over onto LeBron. I think we'll see some mixing and matching. I think primarily you're going to see Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. getting most of the reps on LeBron in this series. Which one it is that gets the lion's share of them, I think that's going to be determined by what's the Lakers lineup and does Jokic have to defend the Nuggets want Jokic defending him all game long 
um, if they can avoid it. And it's possible they might be able to avoid it if, if uh, Gary Vanderbilt is on the floor. Michael Porter Jr., he is one of those X-Factor players to me. I remember when the Heat players talked about the Oklahoma City Finals, and they said, hey, the other two can beat us, but not James Harden. Is Michael Porter Jr., is he that big of a threat when it comes to his offensive scoring ability? Yeah, he certainly can be a threat. You know, he's he's accepted a, a role with the Denver Nuggets that's allowed him to, to maybe do things that are a little bit beneath his powers. He's a very, very good player who could score the ball. He could shoot great from outside. He's an over 40% three-point shooter. So he's somebody who can really put up a lot of points uh, very quickly, but they don't always run through him. But if the Lakers, if their defense is taking away other things, he's definitely capable of burning them. So his ability to knock in the three and uh, and pick apart the Lakers' defense that way is going to be critical. And the same thing is true of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's also going to be out there on the perimeter for them. So both of those guys can definitely be X-factors for the Nuggets in this series if they can make the Lakers pay for leaving them open on certain rotations. A lot of the narrative that's been shaped with the conference finals and both conferences is, hey, this is basically the bubble again. But how different are these two teams from when they faced off in the bubble in the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very, very different. Um, you look at the, the key pieces, right? I mean, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic on the Nuggets side, LeBron James, Anthony Davis on the Lakers side. Okay, that's the same. But you still have a lot of new players. I mean, the Lakers have a, a completely different team than what they saw um, in the bubble. So I don't. it's not the exact same matchup, even if the, the main star-level pieces are the same. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, look, we've got the final four from the bubble. Right? You've got Miami and Boston on one side, the Lakers and the Nuggets on the other side. Um, so it's interesting that here we are, it's 2020 all over again. Just thankfully now we're not in a bubble. We're in front of fans again. So... Um, it's, it is a little bit of the same thing, but, uh, there's so many different pieces that are involved that I think the teams are going to be able to run a lot of different stuff. And once the series really starts up, those differences are really going to become apparent. Talking all things Lakers right now with Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Did want to ask you just about playing in Denver for the Lakers because Denver has a real good home court advantage and it's a different element there. They're just so dominant at home. How do the Lakers go into this game one and kind of attack them? And they've won a game one in each of the series so far and it's worked out really well for them. How critical is it for them to go into Denver and steal that game one tonight? Yeah, it's pretty important. I mean, they are obviously it's not easy playing in Denver, but uh, but you look at the rest factor, right? The Lakers have had three days off since they finished off the Golden State Warriors. This is as rested as the team's going to be. And if we look at these two clubs, which one is going to be able to bounce back the fastest when you're playing every other day? It's probably going to be the De- the Denver Nuggets here. So the Lakers, this is their opportunity to capitalize on the rest factor and try to get a win uh, right out of the opening gate. If it doesn't go their way, then I think that puts that much more pressure on them to win game two. I think you have to win one of the first two in Denver, swing home court back to L.A., and then go from there. Again, ideally you win game one, but I mean, as of right now, the Nuggets are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So uh, the, it looks like the, uh, the betters are not expecting the Lakers to win this one. We'll see if they can surprise everybody, but they have to win one of the first two, and I think their best shot to do it probably is tonight with game one. If LeBron James and the Lakers get into the finals, you mentioned it before, have an opportunity to go win their 18th title. I'm not a big legacy guy, Trevor, but what would that mean for the LeBron James legacy that he helped guide this team and was a strong force behind this team? And I don't mean it to sound disrespectful, but we know they were on the brinks of elimination to be where they are now. Uh, what, what would that mean for him? I mean, it would be pretty incredible. It would be uh, sort of a, a storybook type ending, right, for a team that, 
couldn't seem to get out of their own way for so long and, and a season that looked like it was headed towards disaster to turn around so sharply and go from you know being the 13th seed to playing as the best team in the Western Conference after the trade deadline and then making this run, um, it's absolutely incredible, particularly given that LeBron's 38 years old. He's managing an active injury. You can see it. He's not as explosive as you would typically expect him to be. Uh, that injury is definitely a factor here. It would uh, it would be an incredible, incredible storyline to follow. Um, I don't know if it would be his last opportunity at the finals for his, for his career, but I know he's going to give it everything he's got because these opportunities don't come up all the time, and we've seen that happen with the Lakers over the last few years. So it, it would certainly would be amazing. I don't know if it, this would be the thing that puts him ahead of Jordan or anything like that. I, I don't know if there's anything he could do at this point that the Jordan fans would uh, would put him ahead on, but this would be a, a huge, huge feather in his cap and, and just one more piece added to his legacy if he can get this done. Speaking of storylines, when it comes to the Laker fan base, we know that you're very tapped in with Laker Nation. Are How are they looking at this this playoff run? Because if you look at it, hey, they had to win the playoff game. They had to win the play-in game to even make it to the playoffs. Are, excuse me, are Laker fans looking at this team as we are the underdogs here? We're the plucky LeBron-led team that no one thought we should be here? Yeah, 100%. And that's what the, the betting lines reflect as well. Um, the Lakers are the underdogs in this in this series. They were the underdogs in the last series as well. And so there's this kind of a, you know us-against-the-world type, type mentality. Um, but there's also just been a, a lot of joy, a lot of um, surprise and happiness over the fact that they've been able to make this this run after, you know, looking so lost for a season and a half, and and, and looking like the the club was just kind of you know falling apart. To suddenly be here, fans are are very excited, very happy about this group, very excited for the future too, because they were able to add so many pieces that are in their mid twenties. So there's just a lot of excitement around the team in general, but there's also that understanding that hey, you know what, a lot of people have been counting this team out. And if they can continue this run, it's only going to become that much more magical the further on they can they can go. So there's cautious optimism there, but there's also an understanding that they, they are the underdog in the series for a reason. Denver is very, very good, and it's going to take a masterful performance out of the Lakers, out of LeBron, out of Anthony Davis in order to get this done. Trevor, we'll close out with this. I've seen multiple reports today about Austin Reeves, Reeves and how much he could potentially make next year. How concerned do you think the Lakers are for the potential earning power of Reeves uh, in free agency? I mean, it's something to be to keep an eye on, of course. It's something to – obviously they would love it if they could just sign him to the most that they can offer him, which is a four-year deal around – 50-ish million dollars that they would love to get him on that deal. Um, the great thing is he's a restricted free agent. He will be a restricted free agent. And so even if another cl- club comes along and offers him $70 million over four years, uh, the Lakers can still match that. So mm. they don't have to lose him unless they make the decision to, to lose him. So they're in the driver's seat there. Um, it, obviously, with the new collective bargaining agreement and the, the super tax that comes into play, that could become a bigger factor for them. But I know from everything I have heard from within as well as without the organization, they are very committed to Austin. And I would be very, very surprised if they, if they let him get away, even if a team came along and offered you know, four years, 70 or whatever it is they want to throw at him. There you go. I'll tell you what, whatever he gets, he's definitely earned it, man. He's been a hell of a player for the Lakers. I got to give that guy a ton of props. Trevor, that's why we go to you because you're the guy with all the, all the knowledge of the Lakers, and we do appreciate it. What do you got coming out? LakersNation.com, we should be on the lookout for. Yeah, we always do a post-game show over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Everybody can go check out right after tonight's game. It's YouTube.com slash Lakers Nation. Uh, the Lakers Nation podcast, we put out 
five days a week at minimum. And there's a lot going on with put out weekend shows as well. You can find that over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you get, get podcasts. And then, of course, all of our written work is over at uh, LakersNation.com. Fantastic stuff, Trevor. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the series. And thanks so much for giving us some time. We definitely appreciate you. And no problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. There he goes. Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com on Twitter. Trevor Lane, good dude. Real good dude, man. I've been rocking with that guy for a very long time, and he does a great job covering the Lakers. And, you know, I, I don't have a dog in the fight. Obviously, my team dipped out last week, or not last week, but, well, yeah, Friday, I guess. Friday they dipped out with a no-show uh, against the Lakers, and so the, now the Lakers are in the <laughs> Western Conference Final against Denver. Uh, you know, may the best team win. I know right now, uh, you know, the Denver Nuggets look like the, the, the best team out West just because, well, playing at home, uh, they're so dominant, but... You got LeBron James, you got AD. If he plays consistent, you never know what could happen. Yeah, you've got LeBron James and AD. The only thing, Laker fans, listen to me before you come in my DMs. I don't want to hear nobody believed in us. That's all I'm saying because I've, I, the narrative has been shaped by Laker fans that, no, see, nobody believed in us. Nobody thought we would be I here. I'll be the first to say you it. You got LeBron I'll, and AD, though. That's all hey, I'm saying. Look, hey, you know what? Go on, send me a DM. That's fine. I don't have no problem, right? <laughs> my mom is a diehard Laker fan, and how many times did she tell me the Lakers were done? She told me the Lakers were donezo. She thought the Warriors were going to beat them, right? And that's no disrespect to her. Like it's just they didn't look like they should be. I thought the Grizzlies were going to beat them. I didn't think there was going to. Both. I never even thought the Warriors were going to have an opportunity to play them because I just they just hell they barely beat Minnesota to get in the playoffs, right? If it wasn't for Minnesota collapsing at the end of a play-in game, we're not even talking about the Lakers. And credit to them because they made it happen and they're there right there. And you cannot deny that. And I will not try to deny that, but. I'll be the first to say it, so you can DM me all day you want. I don't give a damn. I didn't think that the Lakers were going to be worth the salt. I didn't think that they were going to be where they're at right now, and here they are. So tonight we'll see how it goes down, and as Trevor pointed out, they're six-point fa- uh, underdogs right now to the Denver Nuggets. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but we got the Final Four, Boston and Miami and the Lake Show and Denver. 417 is the time. We'll get back to your calls and texts, 702-365-9200, keyword R&R. This is Ray Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just talk to Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com, about the Lakers and the Nuggets as they get underway this evening. Excited to see exactly how that series is going to shake out. If LeBron could guide the Lakers to the finals, that would be unbelievable. I still don't think the winner comes out the West, (laughs) right? Call me what you want. I know Denver is a really good team, and they'll be at home. But, man, I just feel like the winners coming out the East. I really feel like the Boston Celtics are going to be the winners. Uh, you know, and I thought it was going to be Boston or Milwaukee when this whole thing got started. Obviously, Milwaukee don't have an opportunity. They dipped out in round one. 76ers got rid of their coach today, by the way. Doc Rivers was spent, like, all night last night on Freddie and Fitzsimmons talking about, can't believe Doc Rivers is still employed, and then today he gets fired. <laughs> Whoa! You wanted him to fire him as soon as the game was over? No, no, no. But Don't uh, even hop on the bus back. The guy that I was working with last night, Emmett Golden, he he kept saying he was on Doc Watch. He was like, man, I'm on Doc Watch because I'm surprised that he's gotten, you know, he's still still there coaching. And I was like, well, I guess they're not going to make a knee-jerk reaction. They're going to wait a while and weigh their options. And then all of a sudden on the way in today, bing, that popped up. You know, it's funny. I, I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, text messages come through. So uh, I, I saw I went and got gas. And so I saw that uh, Doc Rivers had, had got fired. And then like a couple minutes later, mom, my mom texts me. I'm sure you already know. But by the way, Doc Rivers is uh, it, it just got fired. And it's funny because she knew because we talked about it in great detail on ESPN Radio last night about Doc Rivers and what they're going to do. And so my guy Emmett Golden thinks that Monty Williams, who just got fired in Phoenix, will be the next coach in Philadelphia. That's his thoughts. And I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the coach, and I don't know who's going to be playing there. 
Joel Embiid, he'll be there, but will James Harden be? He wants to be in H-Town. Yeah, let me ask you this. Would you rather take the Milwaukee job or the Philly job? If you're Monty Williams, of course. Um, If I'm Monty Williams and it's down to those two jobs, I think I'm taking Philly. But I'm also trying to get James Harden the hell out of town. I'll trust Joel Embiid and, and trust that I can coach him up to be in better shape because I do think that's part of his issues is that he's not in the best shape of his life. He still balls, but I think he could be better, just like Luka. Luka is fantastic, but I think he could be better if he was in better shape. It's just me. But, yeah, I don't – I like – I like Milwaukee, but me personally, again, if it's me, I don't like the market that is Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be in Philly where I feel like I can be Philly. Get some big names? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I just feel like the market is better, uh, and, and they've got to do some, they gotta do some uh, gymnastics with the, the salary cap. I mean, they've got to basically, I think the best way to get rid of James Harden would be a sign-and-trade, and then you hope that you're bringing in some really good talent. I mean, there's a lot, of, there's a lot to go into it. If I'm Monty Williams, I might just – Hold out for a little while. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's, eh. a, he's a really good coach, but, I mean, every coach has flaws. Like, I don't want to put all of the 76ers' failures on Doc Rivers. I think that a lot of it has to do with, like I said, James Harden and Joel Embiid and them not showing up like Jason Tatum did in Game 7. Jason Tatum said, I'm not going home. Joel Embiid and, and James Harden were like, eh, it's okay if we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, leave it all out there on the line. Put it all out there, man. That's That's – that's what I respect. Like, Tatum was, man, if we lose, we're going to lose with me going all in, right? He scored more points in the third quarter than the damn the, the 76ers did as a team. Like, that's, that should never happen. But it did. So there's that. Uh, also, coming up tonight at 5 o'clock, as you pointed out, Damon, got the lottery. The good old lottery. Ping that's, pong ball. That is my least favorite thing when it comes to the NBA is the draft lottery. I think it's a flawed system. I think it's it, it allows for shenanigans. I think shenanigans have happened multiple times, but that's where they're at. I'll tell you when it was shenanigans at the highest level, two thousand three. What LeBron uh, going to Cleveland. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, and then LeBron leaving Cleveland and then LeBron getting or then Cleveland getting it again. Back to back years. Right, right. And they ended up with Bennett. Where did Bennett go to go to school? UNLV. <laughs> I was in Central Texas. Hey, he was good here, baby. Yeah, he was good here. He wasn't first overall pick good. <laughs> he was not that. When I was in Central Texas and they did that, I was like, are they serious? Are they really serious? That that was the worst. You should never get the first pick ever again if you made that decision. That was a bad decision. But then they get it again, end up with Kyrie. It's like, come on. So I thought that that was some shenanigans. But 14 teams have an opportunity to get the number one pick overall. Detroit, Houston, San Antonio all have the best chance of winning it at 14%. So I'm looking at it now. Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio, all three of those have the same equal percentage to get the number one overall pick. I am not a betting man, but if I was, I'd put my money on San Antonio to get the number one overall pick. I'm just saying. Just going to throw it out there. I don't have to watch it five. I'll be paying attention, but I I don't have to, and I'll feel like San Antonio is going to get that number one overall pick. What says you? 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Houston and L.A. Houston and L.A. Welcome to the Lake Show. What's on your mind, brother? Man, what's up, y'all? How y'all feeling, man? Demon Q. Hope everything is is well, man. Yes, you know sir. What I mean? Yes, sir. All right. All right, check it, Q. I know you don't watch too many movies, brother, but <laughs> they got they, they they got this one that's old school, but it's kind it's kind of cool movie though. It was called Unbreakable with uh with Samuel Jackson and my man uh from Die Hard, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. All right, cool. Now 
AD homie, <laughs> we talked about this before. He is Mr. Glass. <laughs> if anybody knows who that dude is, Mr. Glass, you know, his mom used to have comic books outside for him so he could have the inspiration, you know, to get up and go down there and get it. But the mom was like, you better hurry up and go down there before somebody steals it. And, um, you know, he lived in the East Coast and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, dude, it was a lot for that dude just to stay healthy, man. And trust me, man, I've been, okay, I've been a Dodger fan first since birth because of my mama. Then I've been a Laker fan after that at the age of like four or five. Then I was raided out at the age of 11, especially when I heard them brothers coming to L.A. The Lakers remind me of the old school Raiders when we were hard, homie. Like back in the early 80s, it was like nobody could touch us, and then we were our own enemy. That's how these Lakers are now. That's why I told y'all brothers before how I can't really put too much trust in them as far as I love them as my team, die hard, no doubt. But I'm a realist because, you know, the the, the way these cats are, are, are going about it. I mean, the, the team after the trade, they look way better. But AD scares me, bro. And, <laughs> you know. I got you. I got you. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. And, look, my mom's is a diehard Laker fan, so I, for her sake – I, I hope that they go all the way and win the whole damn thing so she could be happy, right? There was a time when me, little Q, little Q, we were all here and we watched the Lakers beat the Celtics and my mom was jumping up and down and she lived over there in like Lake Las Vegas and we went down to the village afterwards to celebrate and we realized that we can't even celebrate. She was the only one old enough to celebrate. I mean, I could celebrate, but they couldn't, <laughs> right? <laughs> so they were just excited because she was excited. They're jumping up and down. They don't even know what they're celebrating. But, I mean, look, so I don't mind. If the Lakers go on to win the whole thing, go for it. That'd be, that'd be great for them. I will say, I do have a little pushback on our good friend Vinny Bonsignor who was talking all kind of yin-yang this morning on the morning tailgate about, well, you know, the Warriors only won when the Lakers weren't that great of a team. And I was like, get the blank out of here, dude. Like, I know you're a Southern Cal through and through, and I respect that. I really do. But don't give me all that BS about the Lakers, uh, you know, they weren't a really good team when the Warriors won. That, that's not on the Warriors. The Warriors were the best damn team when they won them championships. And the other best player was LeBron James. It was not anyone else on the Lakers. So get, kill me. Miss me with that. Miss me with that. But he, I, it saved me. It stopped. It took everything in my power not to call in or text in to him this morning. We got a special caller on the morning tailgate. <laughs> yeah. It's a cue. It was almost. I almost did that. I try to stay in my lane, man. Every once in a while, I'll send a text message in, tell the guys they're doing a good job or whatever. But I, it took me everything. He's like, well, you know, the Warriors only won while the Lakers were down. Okay. That's the worst, like, fan argument. Like, the, when you create the fan fiction right. in your head, like, right. oh, me and that girl, if we got together, this right. is what would happen? Well, you know, the Chiefs only are winning because <laughs> the Raiders are down. What? <laughs> well, why aren't they? Why are they down then? Right, right. That's on you. <laughs> it's on you, dummy. But it's all good. <laughs> Who we got up next? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's up, D? Hey, hey, I agree with you, man. I don't want to hear no excuses about if the Lakers are bad or, or this team was bad. Kansas City, you know, like the fan, I, like I tell Raider fans, Kansas City the Super Bowl champions because they're the best team. I don't want to hear no excuses of what would have happened in this. No, no, man, you're right. Because I, when I heard him say that this morning, <laughs> I was like, you out your mind. It doesn't matter. Just like people were complaining that the the um, the the Lakers won in the bubble. Okay, 
right. won in the bubble, it's still a championship. Yep. And Golden State was the better better team. And and when they, I didn't hear nobody say that when they won the championship, but but then I heard a lot of people talking about, uh, oh, they they lost that three to one. No, go um, Cleveland ended up winning it. You you can't make an excuse. My thing, my bottom line is Q. Indeed, it's a scoreboard. I don't hear nothing else. I don't hear about no referee and all this stuff. People, my my people know that. I don't I don't buy that stuff. But anyway, Q, uh, let me get back on topic because you you know you you, you and Demona cut me off in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know Demona. I, <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, Q, just a couple of things. All right. Hey, have you guys heard about what's going on with uh, Devontae Adams in the in the offense? Because uh, um, I'm hearing a lot of stuff that. He's not liking the offense. I, I don't know how true that is, but I mean, you know, he got. I mean, he had he had a. Should I tell him, Demond, or should you tell him? No, Q, I'm gonna let. You, I don't want to cut him <laughs> off. But but Raider Mac, listen to this. Raider Mac, man, we had the author of that piece on the from the Ringer. We had her on Mirren Fader at three thirty, and we had her on for about twenty five minutes. And everything that you're reading, the headlines are all taken out of context. So don't don't worry about that. Go back and listen uh, when we post up the show on the podcast, man. Okay. Listen to it; okay. it's a really good article. But I understand what you're okay. saying because everyone is catching on to that 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 no, little and clip. I don't believe that stuff because nobody's inside. That really know. And the last thing, um, Q, hey, on the schedule. Now, <laughs> everybody's, you know, everybody's saying, you know, that's a tough schedule to start the season. Um, and I agree. I, I agree. But, Q, can, can I ask a question? Why opening? Okay, so we opened on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Now, why last year we had Devontae Adams and we got Derek Carr and all that, and we get no no primetime games, and this year you had all these primetime games. What what changed? And I'll let you go on that. Yeah, great call, Raider Mac. You know what? I'll I'll tell you, man. That was one of my biggest things right after the 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 schedule dropped. I was wondering how they got five. Really, I call it six primetime games because they play on Christmas as well. Even though it's a ten a.m. start, I I I don't know. I can't tell you. You know, the first home game is a Sunday night football game, though, right? The first three out of four games are on the road, and the only one that's at home is Sunday night football against Pittsburgh. I, I couldn't tell you the answer without, you know, just making something up. Outside of maybe the schedulers think that the Raiders are going to be better than most people are giving them credit for. But they got and, – and I will say this, the side note on the primetime games, all the opponents that they're playing, none of them are slouches, right? You know, I mean, they're expecting the Lions to be good. I don't, but they do. Um, the Bears, I may, well, they're not good, but they're a Monday night football game. But the Steelers, that's, you know, that's a team that normally is really good. The Packers, uh, who else do they have? Chiefs, uh, who else do they have in prime time? I don't have the schedule right in front of me. But, uh, yeah, so th- that's the other thing. The opponents aren't aren't slouches either. So I, I couldn't answer that tr- truthfully and give you oh, the Oh, and then right. the Jets one. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, the Jets. the Jets. Sorry, the Jets. Yeah, they it has all... a lot to do with the opponents as well. Yeah. With the Raiders also being a legacy franchise. They're going to get the ratings, you know, with mm-hmm. the Raiders. You, you got to look at it, guys. But it's I was, all about the I ratings, was, too. I'm, to Raider Max' credit, I was super shocked that the Raiders didn't get hardly any primetime games last year. And all of a sudden, now this year, they've got, you know, like I said, five or six, depending on if you count the the um, the, the um, Christmas games. So, you know, b- between Monday night football, they have multiple Monday night football games. They have a Thursday game. They didn't get Black Friday, which I thought was going to be something that they got. They didn't get that. But – I mean, they might as well get everything else. So but they did have somebody fighting for them in the room. They did. As it wasn't me. Told us. And it wasn't me, so I was not 
insane. I was not crazy like a lot of people thought I was. There was actually that conversation that was being had. We got a couple texts I want to get to, and then we'll take a break. This one's from the 253. KD joined the best record team with Steph. Uh, LBJ joined a horrible team. Vinny had a point, LOL. And, yes, KD joined the, the Warriors. But you know what? What has KD won outside of the Warriors? Vinny, has, Vinny doesn't have a point because what are the Lakers? What were the Lakers doing at that point? Right, that's the point. Vinny was low. Oh, the Lakers were down. Right, right, he he made it sound like the Lakers were down because some circumstance that they yeah. couldn't control. If they would have just had one more piece. <laughs> right, they would have been contending. No, not at all. Not at all. The Warriors were the best damn team, and it was just that simple. Look, they don't have the history and the legacy of the Lakers. They they will never have that. That's the Celtics and the Lakers. They've won multiple championships. I'm not going to ever take that away from them and say, well, they, you know, the rest of the league was down and it was only no. They're the best team. Yeah, KD joined them, but how many how many championships has KD won post-Warriors? I'll wait. Has there ever been a champion in any of the major sports where everybody's just like, yeah, I don't know about that one? <laughs> <laughs> you win the championship. You win a championship. I don't care if it's in the bubble. I don't care if it's in the parking lot. I don't care where it is. You wear a championship, you win a championship. It's that simple. Uh, let's see. Big Dub Raiders said, Q, the Bears game is a 10 a.m. game. I thought that was a Monday game. Thought someone would catch you by now. Go Raiders. Okay, maybe I'm wrong on that one. Okay. Well, they have five games, right? I am right about that. Let me go get the schedule. I'll go get the schedule. It's in my hand. I'm looking at it right here. All right. Okay, we got... The Bears game is a 10 a.m. game? Yes, it is. Okay, my bad. But, I mean, so Steelers, NBC. Yep. Green Bay, ESPN. Yep. Monday night. Yep. Detroit Lions. Yep. Jets. Yep. Chargers. Chargers, yes. Thursday night. And are we going to consider that Chiefs game? I would. It's Monday. Yeah. I don't care if it's 10 a.m. or not. It's Monday football. It's not. It's a Monday football game. So I, that's why I would say six. So you're right, Big Dub Raider. I still got six, right? So there you go. <laughs> Want to get a call in before we go to break? Sure. If it's your call. All right. Gangster Raider, you're up. Gangster, gangster. Clip joint, clip joint. What's up, man? Hey, what's happening? Y'all got to remember the Super Bowl is in Vegas this year. That's why we got all them primetime games so they can showcase the stadium. As um, well as the team, point. you know what I'm saying, being in Vegas. I think that's the only reason we got the primetime games this year. And I think last year we didn't get them because of the um, the, the lack of belief in Derek Carr. I think if we'd have had Garoppolo there last year, we probably would have got more primetime games. Okay. But I want to go back to your question you had. I think it was yesterday. Uh, yeah, it got to be yesterday. Today, only Tuesday, yeah. So, yeah, it had to be yesterday where um, you said the most important home game you were looking forward to. Oh, was that yesterday? No. I think I said it was the Jets. <laughs> I want to change my answer. I okay. want to change it to the Giants because the Giants is the only other team I got a little infinity for because I told you they, they played with the GOAT. To me, who's the GOAT? Eli Manning. Because in order to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? And he beat Brady twice. You know what I'm saying? Brady, he undefeated against Brady, and he shut down that undefeated team. If, if um if Eli Manning and him wouldn't have beat them, they'd have been talking about that New England Patriots team is the greatest team ever and all that, and Eli Manning shut all that down. So to me, Eli Manning is the GOAT, and that's the only other team other than the Raiders I got a little affinity for. And plus, Darren Waller, my favorite current Raider, to me, he's still a current Raider. You know, I see him as a Raider until he played another game to another team. So he has yet to play another game for another team. So, you know, so I think I'm looking forward more to that game than any other game. And also, um, Q, uh, I remember when I went to the um, try to tailgate um, before. Remember how we used to tailgate the whole game in um, Oakland, and you couldn't do it I mm-hmm. know, a couple of years ago in Vegas. Is that still like that? I or believe did they so. Fix that? No, I believe so. I believe that there's a certain amount of time that you could tailgate. I'll have to check again. I'll have to check with uh, all my folks. You know, everyone who's out there tailgating in J Lot all the time. I have to check to be sure, but I think so. 
right. Well, um, another thing is um, as far as the um, I forgot the question, but I'll hit you up tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I, I forgot. It's all good. Appreciate you, Gangster Raider, right there. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, and Darren Waller, and we found this out on Monday as we were at uh, Aces Media Day, and I do want to get to Kirsten Bell. I thought it was a really good conversation that myself and Willie Ramirez had at the uh, Aces Media Day yesterday. Uh, yeah, Darren Waller is going to be wearing number 12 as opposed to number 83. So when you see him, when the Giants come to town, he'll be rocking number 12. Kelsey Plum had that number around her her neck, a little necklace on yesterday, and I don't know who asked the question, if it was Willie or someone else, but someone asked her the question what t- uh, 12 uh, was you know, signifying when her number is number 10, and she said that's the number Darren Waller's going to be wearing. So he's going from 83 to 12. I'm not sure what 12 really represents, but there you go. So uh, when he comes to Allegiant Stadium, and I got a lot of love for Darren Waller, and I hope that uh, everything goes really well for him. I have no animosity towards that dude. Hell of a dude, hell of a story, and all I want to see is him continue to have success. 440 is the time. We've got a lot of text to get to. We'll do it next here on Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Got a lot to get to as we close out today's show. Love all the feedback that we're getting on the phone lines and on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Before we get to any of that feedback, I do want to let it be known, tomorrow the Aviators play, and what are they, what's first pitch, noon? 11, actually. 11 o'clock is Might not pitch. affect us at all. Okay. It, a little bit. It may just affect us a little bit. We might not sign on until around 2.30. So JT's show uh, will not be in existence tomorrow because we have Aviators baseball. Uh, I believe we have Aviators baseball on Thursday as well, but it starts at like 10, so uh, we won't be affected at all on Thursday. But – We'll be a little bit later signing on tomorrow, probably around 2.30-ish. But uh, if you follow us on Twitter at r 920 AM, and, of course, at your boy Q254 and at Demon underscore the boss, uh, we'll let you know by way of Twitter if uh, what time we're signing on. Of course, we always tweet out the show lineup each and every day. But, Demond, during the commercial break, we were talking about uh, – before the commercial break, we were talking about Darren Waller and the number switch from 83 to 12, and we had a caller call in and give some feedback on what it could mean. Yeah, Raider Jam in L.A., shout out to him because I was thinking that it's probably going to have some significant meaning, but I just can't think of it right now. And Raider Jam said maybe it has to do with the 12-step program. Nice. And I thought that was very insightful, and that could too. be the answer right it, there. It, it very easily could. It really could. And, you know, I hate that I didn't know – that uh, you know that was that he was changing his number to twelve, and Willie came over and just told me about about it and took a picture of it. But I never got the the reasoning. I'm sure Kelsey actually gave the reasoning why he's he's doing it, but I never got the explanation. I never heard about it uh, from Willie. So that's something I'll have to do a little bit of research. But Raider Jam, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, also got a couple text messages that I want to get to, and I do appreciate it anytime someone chimes in on the show. Sir Whiskey Ray said Q and D. I wanted to pass along this interesting stat here: the Raiders this season will play five games. First teams coming off Monday Night Football, Week 2 versus Buffalo, Week 3 versus Pittsburgh, Week 10 versus the Jets, Week 12 versus KC, and Week 16 versus KC. For once, the NFL did the Raiders a favor. We'll see how this plays out, Sir Whiskey Ray. So uh, five teams that they have to play on short weeks. Not for them, but for the opponent. Yeah, that could be a bit of a factor there a because we always see, hey, team, players want as much rest as possible. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Interesting. Thanks, Sir Whiskey Ray. We appreciate that. Vegas Pete said we got more games because we're in Vegas. Everyone loves Vegas, but the Raiders were in Vegas last year, right? And again, I thought that I, I mean, anyone who's listened to the show for a while knows I thought the Raiders were going to be an 11 team, 11 win team. They were going to be in the playoffs. They were going to be, you know, battling with Kansas City. Kansas City was going to take a step back. They don't have Tyreek Hill, this, that, and the other. AFC West was going to be a gauntlet. Not so much. I said Carr was going to break the touchdown record. <laughs> right. I mean, there was a lot of lofty expectations, and that's my fault. That's my fault for, uh, you know, falling for the banana in the tailpipe. I thought last year would have been the one where they got all the primetime games. It just didn't happen, but they did get it this year, and Gangster Raider brought up a good point. I got the Super Bowl in Vegas this year, you know. Uh, ESPN loves to, and other networks love to show off the strip. 
you know, see it at night. So that's that's a very that's a very good point. Uh, also, let's see. Rob in Oakland said, "Q, I stepped out of work to get reception to the Texas show. What Vinny said this morning irked the hell out of me too. <laughs> the Dubs changed the way the whole game is played. I wish the Lakers were good. The Dubs would have ran through them and caused a roster overhaul like they did with the Clippers, Portland, Houston, Cleveland, and Memphis twice. Vinny loses his mind when bootlick in L.A. <laughs> it's Rob in Oakland. Really good stuff. And that was yeah, that was funny, man. When he when he said that, I was like, and, and it's funny, Demond. You keep saying the same thing. Like, okay." So KD joined the Warriors. The Lakers still stunk. That was on them for stinking. That had nothing. To, the Warriors didn't make them stink. And if the Warriors were, I mean, the Lakers were decent, they would have beat the brakes off them too. Yeah. Oh, well, that Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram team. Right. right. They were going to give them some. They selected those guys. They didn't get awarded them. They selected them. Yeah, so but if they didn't have KD, the Lakers would have gave given them problems. Not at all. Not at all. So I, I did. Think, I thought that that was pretty funny uh, when he said that. Also, Vegas Pete said, "How many times do you see a hot team go deep and even win it all? The Lakers have been the hottest team since the trade deadline. That's true. It really is. If this, if they can get through Denver, all all bets are off. And it's so funny because I've doubted them so so many rounds, and I'll continue to doubt them. But they win this series, all bets are off because Denver, man, at home is incredible." And that's all I got on that. <laughs> I mean, that's literally all I got is that Denver at home is incredible. Lakers, Celtics, NBA Finals. I'm going to go ahead and join the conspiracy theorist with it's all rigged. This is the matchup they wanted for ratings or something. Well, I could see – well, I'm not <laughs> – I, I could see that being the, the matchup that they want. That's for sure. We'll see. We'll see if it's the matchup they're going to get. But I could definitely see – I could definitely see them wanting that. Um uh, also, this text from the 707 got a multiples of those. There's a reason even their own fans didn't think the Lakers had a chance, because they aren't good. If they shoot 80 more free throws than the Nuggets, they'll probably win, though. Just as one example, in Game 6 of the Warriors vs. Lakers series, the Lakers shot 42 free throws and made 31. The Warriors shot 14 free throws and made 10. So the Lakers shot 28 more free throws and made 21 more and won the game by 21 points. But the, the, the Warriors were at no-show. LOL. Look, the Warriors did not play good. As a Warrior fan, I can tell you they did not play good. They turned the ball over way too damn much. They were a no-show all season on the road. It don't matter about free throws when you no-show all season on the road. There's no reason for that. That was a, a, a that was terrible. Now I agree with you with the free throw discrepancy. Like that's massive. But let's not act like the Warriors were just great on the road. Again, as a Warrior fan, I have no problem saying that they deserve to not be in the Western Conference Finals. I was surprised that they were playing as far as they were. Because that, that performance on the road was terrible. Jordan Poole had an awful season. And I didn't say awful playoffs. He had an awful season. Signs his contract extension. Draymond knocks him out, and he has a terrible season. Terrible season. I would not be shocked if he's not back next year. Definitely wouldn't be shocked. Because if it comes down to, hey, we're going to either pick Draymond or Jordan Poole, Draymond's coming back. Jordan Poole would not, if it comes down to one of the two. They could probably just get rid of both of them. I think That'd Steve Kerr. The, Steve Kerr talked to the media today. And he said that they're not a championship team without Draymond. He said it. He said it today. Did you also see after the season that Jonathan Kaminga? He's already put Bye. it out there. Oh, hey, I won't. Bye. But you got to develop the Bye. young players. Bye. You know how you. Do, you know how you get burned. Work. Work your ass off, and then you'll be on the court. Don't sit there and and, and hang your hat on how good you think you are. Work. Just like Lonnie Lonnie Walker. He. What do they say? Stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. He stayed ready. In, in garbage time, he was out there balling. Coach Ham said, well, hell, throw him in there. He was ready. Kaminga's got in there at times. Just doesn't look the part. Doesn't look the part. He's the most athletic dude on the, on the court. 
Like my boy Corey said, just because you can jump out the gym don't make you a winner. Just because your shirt says champion don't mean that you're a champion, right? Anyone could go buy that shirt. <laughs> but what about when it comes to developing the players that you draft? I mean, you like we 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 seen it here. I understand. First round picks, you you want to hit on them. You want to hit on them, but sometimes you miss. Look, James Wiseman. Yeah. James Wiseman was a miss. They I mean, Steph can't him. play forever. No, no, but Steph could try to win while he can try to win, right? I mean, are you in the are you in the this guy's not getting it? Okay, let's develop him anyway because we picked him. Or hey, these guys are figuring out. We just got to do something else. At some point, you got to you got if you're a team that has a chance, you got to go with what you got. They. Those guys just didn't cut it. It's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I like late bye week and Steph beat Braun with no Kyrie and Love beat him with KD. LOL. Okay, cool. So you're just not a Warriors fan. That's fine. So everything the Warriors did was uh, it has an asterisk next to it. Fine. That's cool. Not a problem. It's all good. Michael Jordan's Bulls couldn't overcome an 80 free throw differential against Lakers or any other playoff team. I love it. I love it. I'm done. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Why not? Let's make excuses for everything. Look, it just, it is what it is. (laughs) Michael Jordan's Bulls couldn't overcome an 80 free throw differential. Look, there's some that will tell you Michael Jordan's Bulls couldn't hang with the teams that play now. I don't subscribe to that, but there's some that will tell you that. I don't mind. Look, hey, whatever narrative you want to spit at me, that's fine. I have no problem. I, w- what I can say is that the, my favorite basketball team won four championships, and I'm good with that because before they won their first one without KD, I hadn't seen them win a championship. So I'll tell you right now, let the Raiders go get somebody that you think is an extra special player that's like a cheat code. If they win a Super Bowl, I ain't going to be complaining. I'll celebrate it, and I bet you none of you swinging D's will either. <laughs> I mean, will they? Oh, well, you know, they had too, too good of players on the team. They had too many good players. Uh, that, that asterisk, uh, that championship don't count. No, it does. What are you talking about? Give me a break. I want to poo-poo on greatness. I'm not poo-pooing on the Lakers. All the championships, like the, the bubble. I'll be the first to tell you, that's a championship. It's not a, it's not a oh, well, it doesn't count as in the bubble. Yes, it does. It's a championship. Because a lot of things that people were saying about the bubble is this is some of the best basketball, no distractions. It's just, oh, man, just pure basketball. But then when the Lakers win, I don't know if it counts. Look, I don't care who wins, right? I just want to see greatness. As a, as a Warrior fan, it, it bothered the hell out of me when the, the, the Cavaliers came back from 3-1 down. That was the worst thing that could ever happen. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. So you know what you do? You give the Cavaliers props. You, you question Draymond, <laughs> and you say, what in the hell were you doing? Why did you put yourself in that position? But you did. And then you give the, the Cavaliers props for coming back and winning. Like, I don't have problems awarding people for championships. Like, you're not going to ever catch me on any level in any sport saying that a championship is less valuable than the next one. You're not. I don't care what team it is. I don't care if it's a team I hate or the team that I root for. All right, my man Alexis, you got one minute. Let's go. <laughs> one minute. Q. Yo. I know you remember last year Draymond sitting at the podium saying, Steph, Clay, and Dre had never been defeated. Nobody can knock us off. All three of them was dead, and Lakers knocked them off. That's, That's right. All I got to say. Hey, facts. Hey, great call. You're absolutely right. Hey, Draymond, <laughs> Draymond is a whole nother animal. We could talk a whole nother hour about Draymond. I don't agree with everything that he says. I don't agree with everything Steph says or everything Clay says, but I root for the team. <laughs> right? I, I give LeBron props. I give LeBron a lot of props. 
And now he's getting ready to take on the Nuggets this evening after this draft lottery happens. And we'll see how that shakes out. So what a fantastic show. Great way to finish things off. Raider Nation, we appreciate you. Everyone with all the feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line, the phone line, uh, Twitter. If you're sending smoke signals to us, if you're throwing eggs or whatever at the building here, that's okay too. We'll take them. We appreciate you. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate. Tell Vinny that he was spot on if you want to. It's all good. 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Vinny, Clay, and Lindsey Brown here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening.